Welcome to the Gathering at Adel's Sermon of the Week. This message is by Pastor Jeff Hopkins. As you listen, we pray that you will be encouraged, empowered, and enriched. Thank you. God bless. Well, you know, uh, Bree has been our children's pastor for since the inception, a little over two years, Bree's on the back row. She's done a phenomenal job, and she's transitioning into this new season of life that she gets to enjoy, and uh, we're so excited for her, and we, we talked about that. Her last Sunday is going to be the 31st of this month, and uh, it's going to be a great day to just be able to pray over her, bless her and her family, and so, uh, and then Mandy and Gary Cunningham are our new children's pastors, and so they're going to be coming on board, so if you get a call or a text from uh, some person claiming to be the new children's pastor, it's going to be Mandy right there, and uh, it's okay, she's safe, and yes, if she asks you to volunteer, it's a, it's a good thing, that's from the Lord, right, and from Mandy, but uh, so we just want to welcome them in, and today's their first Sunday here, and then we'll actually uh, set them in on January the 7th, where we'll have the elders here to pray over them, anoint them with oil, and just uh, be so excited to for that new transition uh, there. So, man, what a, I, this is like a good season. I love, you know, I mean, if you give me the option of this season or summer, <laughs> I'm taking this season all day. Now, some, day, some days it still feels like summer, but man, this, this season is it. I love it. I love this time of year. Uh, you know, one thing, if you've been with me long, uh, you know that I think the birth announcements and these gender reveals and all this stuff have gotten a little out of hand, you know, and so I'm always down against that. But man, what, what look at this, in Luke chapter 1, you, you don't have to turn there, but I was just going to read before we get started. We're going to be in Isaiah chapter 9 today, but I was just thinking about this this week. I mean, you have an angel of the Lord coming to Mary. Greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled by this statement, wondering what kind of greeting this could be. Then the angel told her, don't be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. And, and then, then the birth, right? An angel appears in Luke chapter 2 to the shepherds. It says, Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find him wrapped tightly in a cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to all people. Man. This this season can can get out of hand. This holidays and Christmas and uh, you know it, it can get out of hand real fast with all the family, all the requirements that's required of you. Uh, I had some people ask me today, "Well, what are y'all's plans?" And I said, "Man, I should probably know that." So my wife just 
gives me a two-hour text. Here, you got to be here in two hours. I can make just about anywhere in two hours. So uh, you just give me a two-hour buffer and I'll be there, you know. But it can get out of hand with the gifts and the, the family things. And we just take an opportunity to come back to, to what it's about. And to really go, man, Lord, you are worthy of it all. There, there's so much debate nowadays about, you know, Jesus' birth and the ho- December 25th. And, you know, you, uh, you like to meet the people that are so willing to tell you, you know, it's not really his birthday, right? It's like, yeah, yeah, we kind of know that. Thank, thanks for looping us in, you know. But there's this desire to try to squash this celebration of Jesus's birth. You know, it's like, oh, well, you know, it was really a pagan holiday and the Christians just kind of took that. And it's like, well, maybe that was true. Maybe it's not. There's still debate on that, but I see what side you're on. You know, like they they come to you with all the answers, but they're really not answers. It's just the best hopes that we have. You know, I mean, it it all kind of got decided back in AD 300 and none of us were there. I know Pastor Mike mentioned Marianne was 90 last week. So I don't know what that was about, but Mary's 90. She wasn't there either, you know? And so, uh, but you look at that and it's like, man, what, what's the reason for all this pushing down this? Like, oh, it's, it's not that. It's really not that, you know? It's because they continue to want to deny the existence and the significance of the birth of Jesus. I mean, how about that for a birth announcement? I mean, we got the dang confetti cannons now, you know, and it's like, woo, it's a big deal. But can you imagine the angels showed up before the shepherds and it says the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they said, hey, I've got great news, good news of great joy for all people. That means something to the shepherds because the shepherds were separated from their people. They were in charge of the sheep and they didn't get to socialize. And so for the angels to show up to the lowly shepherds and say, this is good news of great joy for all people. What a birth announcement. What an exciting time it is. But, but not only that, you, you look at Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Verses 2 through 7, really, but verse 6 is, is going to be the focus. This is 700 years before the birth of Jesus. 700 years. seven to 800, there's debate on, on all of the timeline, but I just want to be up front with you. It's 7 to 800. I, I wasn't there either, but that's what I have the research on. Seven to eight, 700 to 800 years before that, you have this man named Isaiah who goes and he's prophesying to his people. Not, not just like, hey man, I know things are going great right now, but don't worry, the, the Savior's coming. The, these people, the, the, it, he's prophesying to, to the land of Judah. The land of Judah is about to be overrun by the Assyrian army. Not just like overran, but like overran, plundered, captive, taken, hauled away. They're about to be exiled from their own place. And, and this is what, and, and they have their king, Ahaz, who's like, eh, not really doing, doing it right. You know, he, he's not living his best life. He's not doing, doing the best job he can. And so Ahaz is like, man, I don't know. I'm not going to test the Lord, you know. And then uh, Isaiah's like, you fool. And he just lights, in, lights into him. But then you go, you go into verse, uh, in chapter 9, and look at this, starting in verse 2. 
It should be up on the screen. It says, verse 2, The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. You have enlarged the nation and increased its joy. The people have rejoiced before you as they rejoice at the harvest time and as they rejoice when dividing spoils. For you have shattered their oppressive yoke and the rod of their sh- on their shoulders, the staff of their oppressor, just as you did on the day of Midian. For every trampling boot of battle and the bloodied garments of war will be burned as fuel for the fire. Verse 6. For a child will be, will be born for us. A son will be given to us. And the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of armies will accomplish this. What a word to receive as you're about to be overtaken, overran, exiled from your place. It says that the people that were walking in darkness, they've seen a great light. The Lord is going to expand your territory. There is going to be exceedingly more joy than there has been before. Right, The boots of battle will now be the fuel of your fire. The dominion will be vast. Prosperity will never end. And can you imagine the people hearing that word, receiving that word? They're probably like, yes, let's do it. And then 700 years later, the word comes to pass. For me, as I'm reading this, I'm going, Lord, let me not be so nearsighted that when I hear your voice that I think it has to be for me. That it can't also be for my kids' kids and my kids' kids' kids. Because I selfishly want it for me. But a loving father goes, hey, Lord, everything that you just said, let it be so true of my kids and their kids and their kids' kids. Let, let it not just be for me, but for all of them. And can I, can I encourage you, if you're in a time, a season today, where you're like, man, this, this is rough. Can I encourage you today, the promises of God are yes and amen. The, his word does not return void. It is true. Be encouraged today. Because just just as we know what's going to happen to them here, they're going to be overran. They're going to be defeated. They're going to be exiled. But that paved the way for the Messiah to be born. Can we be a people that go, like Mary said, let it be done to me as you have said. Can we be a people that go, Man, Lord, whatever you need to do in me, through me, to me, so that my kids can experience something that I've never got to experience before, I'm okay with that. If that means that I have less than everyone around me, I'm okay with that. If that means that I have to walk in sickness all the days of my life, for whatever reason he deems necessary, then I'm okay because I know that my kids are going to benefit from that. You, You look at the stories of, people that have experienced trauma and hardship and, and who have just overcome. I mean, I, I, I love reading about Helen Keller. And you think, 
At some point, she had to go, man, Lord, thank you that you considered me worthy enough to walk with this. Because imagine how many lives have been changed because she did that. She walked with those things. Imagine the the martyrs in the early church We're, were here because they said yes. Don't take the easy no to avoid the hard yes because it could have generational impact later on. It says, for a child will be born to us. Some of this stuff, it's, it seems contradictory when you read this verse 6. Listen, for a child will be born for us. A son will be given to us. The government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. Does that seem weird that Jesus, the, the Messiah, is going to be named Eternal Father? Right? If, if y'all are shaking your head, no, I'm sorry, then maybe I'm, I'm the, the only dumb one in here. Because I'm like, how can the child be the father? How can the son be the father? How can, as we were singing this song, right? He gave us a brother. And so we're going to dig through this because I think when you begin to look at this, it says that a child will be given to us. A child will be born and a son will be given to us. It goes back to this fact that the greatest gift that you will ever receive today, this season, will be the gift of adoption and redemption, forgiveness, healing, wholeness through the blood of Jesus Christ. It says a son will be given to you. The son is God's gift to us. It says, for God so loved the world, what, that he gave, right? Like the father gave the son for us. As as we begin to look at this, it's not begrudgingly. It's not like, oh man, these guys really screwed it up. I got to give them Jesus, my son, my only begotten son. No, he willingly gave his son for us. For God so loved We want to look at these four names, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, and Prince of Peace. Wonderful wonderful Counselor. That word wonderful is only used to describe God. In in the Hebrew, it, it was never like, man, that pumpkin pie was wonderful. That Dr. Pepper was wonderful. That football game was wonderful. That husband of mine that Lauren says it was wonderful. You know, like it was never used to describe a person, a place, or a thing other than God himself. Why? Because it goes back to he alone is worthy. We call a lot of things wonderful. We call a lot of things good and great, but wonderful was only given to God. To be in awe, to like have your mouth, your jaw just drop in awe and wonder. It was only designed for God. Our attention was only designed for him. Like it was only, we were only made to be in awe and wonder of him. Like his creation is beautiful. My wife is beautiful. My kids are beautiful. You guys are beautiful, but like, Awe and wonder is only reserved for the Father. When we decide that other things are worthy of our, oh, man, that was wonderful. Then we've taken what was designed for him and attributed to other things and people and places. He is a wonderful, wonderful counselor. 
something that, that we say around here a lot, that he is better than you think. Today, I want to paint such a beautiful picture of who Jesus is. I, I don't want to shame you into the kingdom. I don't want to make you fearful of Jesus. Be like, man, he's so beautiful and he's so wonderful. Like, like when you begin to think about him, think of all the things that he's done for you. Where you were and now where you are. How, how you were the ones walking in darkness and now we've seen the light. It, it, alludes, uh, it says it in First uh, Peter, is it 2.9, right? Like that, that we're the, a royal priesthood, right? That into his marvelous light. And so into us, he's a wonderful counselor. If you have questions about how good God is, can I tell you that he is wonderful? He's better than you think. I, I love the, the story at the woman at the well. Jesus comes to her and he says, hey, woman, can you get me some water? And she's like, and he probably didn't say water. I, I really made that country, sorry. Hey, can you get me some water? Uh, and she's like, who are you talking to? If you knew who I was, then you wouldn't be talking to me. And, and he goes, I, I know everything about you. And, and he prophesies into her life. He reveals things that only he could know. And it says that she went into town and she is... She begins to tell her people, and she goes, I met this man. He was at the well, and he told me everything about me. You need to come and see him. And it says that, that her household was saved because she saw for once the beauty and the wonderfulness of God. When we lose that beauty of him, when we turn him into something that we want for ourselves to hold and to possess and to make ours, then we lose how wonderful he really is. When you begin to look like, like this wonderful counselor, that word counselor means to lead or to guide. We, we have the wonderful counselor to lead us and guide us. And yet, so many times we say, hey, God, I got this. In Colossians chapter 2, uh, verse 3, it says that in Christ is hid hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. But, but yet we, we keep him over there because we don't want him interfering with our stuff. Like we got a way. This is how we're going to do it. This is, this is how we've always done it, right? Here it is. I'm just going to do this, or I deserve this, so I'll just, and, and we think that we've got a better way. He's the wonderful, wonderful counselor, that in him is hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It says in the word, it says that his word is a lamp, a light into my path and a lamp into my feet. But, but yet we choose to walk in darkness because we choose to ignore his word. And then we wonder, Lord, why am I here? I'm lost. I, I, I thought you were with me. And he's like, have you been in my word? It's the light to your path. When you, when you begin to think about this wonderful counselor, it's like a light into my path. Like think a long ways. He lights up your path, but it's also a lamp unto your feet for the close detailed things. 
right? If you've ever been out walking and you play hide and seek tag, any of the kiddos, y'all play hide and seek tag out in the dark, flashlight tag. And man, it's the same thing. It can be kind of well lit in other places, but sometimes you just need a little bit of a light. And that's the way it is that my path is lit for me. But today I need to see what that light is for me right here. I need a lamp into my feet right here. He's a wonderful counselor. It's like having the best of the best and just saying, hey, why don't you just sit on the bench right now? I'm going to put myself in. I've got this. I know what to do. I've seen this before. He's the wonderful counselor. It's personal with us. When you begin to look at that, he leads us and he guides us. He's our counselor. He's within us and he's with us. To ignore that goes, hey, you're not worthy. You alone are not worthy because I, I, I got a better way. I know what to do. The world is full of confusion and chaos. It's full of lots of good ideas. I mean, you can just follow worldly wisdom and they'll tell, there's podcasts all over about what to do in relationships, what to do in finances, what to do here, what to do there. And apart from God, those are all good ideas for the rest of the world. Obviously, the Lord uses men and women and plug into those Christian men and women that are, that are plugged into the Father and relaying that to you. Absolutely. I'm not saying ignore the, the, the good guys. I'm just saying if you take God out of that, you take Jesus out of that, and you're like, man, the world says to do this, you know, maybe that's not for you. Uh, as, as kiddos grow up, you know, for a long time, I think there's a little bit of a transition coming, but for a long time, graduate, Go to college, get that degree, get that paper that shows that you're bona fide, you're certified, you're good to go, you're hireable, you can do it all. And it's like, that might not be true for everybody. The world will say that's the best thing to do. Go and, and do this, this, and this. That way you'll never be without a job. Right? Because why? You're your own provider. That's what the world tells you. You need to be have all the skills, all the things, so that you'll never be out of a job. But if you're walking with the Lord, he, he provides. But, but the way of the world will tell you one thing. They are not a wonderful counselor. If you don't believe me, look at the world that we're in. We've listened to the world. We've got a government in America. We're not going to get into all of that. We've got men and women all over the world that are leaders, that are the most respected in their country full of the world. And you're like, what? Because we've gone the way of the world. We've decided that the world is a good counselor. Today, we need to plug into the wonderful counselor. Why are we excited about this season? Why do we celebrate Christmas on December 25th? Because, man, he is a wonderful counselor. Everything that you need, he has an answer for Psalm 37, 23, it says, The steps of a good man are ordered by God, and he delights in them. Have you ever asked your, you know, not asked, you tell your kids, hey, go take out the trash, and they're like, all right. And, and, and yet, the, they don't delight in that. You know, like, like the steps of a good man, the steps of a good son that take out the trash are ordered by God, and he delights in them. Uh, right now, Ollie, where's Ollie? He, he, I think he just walked out. 
uh, Ollie's in a door slamming phase right now. You know, he loves to, he, he, oh, he's going to make, he doesn't delight always in the, in the things. Well, the other day we were having a picture up here and he tried to walk out of that door and slam it. It's got like that automatic closer. So he walks out and he, and it just went like, <laughs> took like 17 minutes to finally close. I was like, he didn't get the satisfaction. But how many times do we do that where the Lord says, do that and you go, I'll do it, fine. And you slam the door on your way out. And the Lord's just like, you're a fool, man. Not really. He does it because he's loving. But the rest of us are going, you're a fool, man. You know, we look foolish. The steps of man are ordered by God, and he delights in them. Can I, can I paint a beautiful picture of Jesus to you today that says he's wonderful. He will lead you and guide you. Delight in that. He will be named the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Strength, Power, Hero. That's that word, Mighty. Strength, Power, Hero. We, we, we want to be the hero of our own story. We want to be the knight in shining armor. Any story we tell, we, we try to... Spin it in a way that, what, makes us the hero, right? If, if me and my wife have an argument and I try to tell someone about it, which doesn't happen because we don't get in arguments, you know. But if I try to, try to tell someone about it, I'm always going to paint it in the picture of what? I'm, I'm right. If that were to happen, right? We want to be the hero of our own story. But yet when we come to this point where Jesus is going to be 700 years later, but Isaiah's prophesying this. And these are the words they needed to hear. He's a mighty God. He is, strength. he is full of strength. He is full of might. He is a hero. Because they're about to be overran, exiled, killed, families ripped apart. And that, those are the words they needed to hear. But they missed it again because they're looking ahead 700 years later. Because why? Because 700 years later, the world needed Someone full of power, full of might, who was the hero of the story to be born. That, that the angels would announce glory to God in the highest. Peace on earth forever and ever. Uh, mighty God, he's able to deliver us with his strength and his power. The, the way to receive his strength and his power is to deny ourselves of our own strength and our own power. We... Uh, we like to think that we can handle it. We can take care of it. Uh, the, Curtis, he, he's not here. He's over at the Brock campus today. But Curtis was just even sharing a story of uh, going to lift some chicken coops. And he was helping a guy move some chicken coops. And he's like, I got this. You know the chicken coops. He's a, young, he's a younger guy. And he said, he, he goes, man, uh, next day I realized I didn't lift him up with my legs. I lifted with my back. And it, he's sore. He, you know, he's, he's walking around a little ginger today. But what happens is we do the same thing where, where the Lord's like, hey, I got this. You're like, hey, no, no, Lord, I got it. Step aside. Watch. Let me, let me show you how it's done. Because we want to be the hero of our own story. We, you look at this mighty God. If we really knew who he was, then why would we struggle with doubt? If, we, if I really thought God who God is who he said he was, who I know him to be, 
then doubt would not exist in us. But we still doubt. Even Gideon, you know, the story in Judges uh, chapter 6, I believe, right? Gideon, like God's called him and Gideon's like, man, okay, let's do it. He's like, but before, what if I just put, put this fleece out here? And if it's wet and the rest of the ground is dry, I, I'm in. Next morning wakes up, it says that he can wring it out and it fills a bowl. And he's like, man. Hey, but what if, what if I just put it out again and it's dry and the rest of it's wet then? And it's like, next morning wakes, wakes up, everything's wet, the fleece is dry. This is Gideon who's been called. But there's no difference in Gideon and us. We've been called with a purpose. But yet we do those same silly things. We question him. We doubt him. We ask him to show us, Lord, if you, if you really want me to go tell this person that they're doing a great job, then uh, make them have the exact change. You know, like you do that and you're like, and then it's the exact change. You're like, okay, if I come back tomorrow and they're still here, <laughs> Lord, I'm there. I'll say it. Whatever you have. You know, you come back the next day and you're like, oh, they're not there. And then you turn, oh, there they are. Dang, okay. Mighty God, he is power. He is strength. He is the hero of the story. We need to know this this time, this season as we celebrate. Because Jeff Hopkins has to take a back seat. I have to step back in the story and say, he is the hero. He is alone worthy, not me. I can't do it. You can't do it. You were never designed to do it. You were never made to do it. God never thought, oh, we'll just, I'll, I'll do all of this, except I'll let Claude handle these three things. Nope, never happened, Claude. Never intended for you to do it. He's the hero of the story. I love, you know, uh, the, the story of Thomas after Jesus' resurrection. The, the disciples see Jesus and they come and they tell Thomas. And, and, and Thomas gets a bad rap for, uh, what, what's Thomas's nickname? Everybody, anybody know? You can shout it out. Yeah. Doubting Thomas, right? And it's like, when you really read the story, Thomas didn't doubt him. Tom, all the other disciples got to eat at the table with Jesus. It's interesting. Uh, I, I think Jesus appeared like 50 times uh, after the resurrection, most of them involved were around a table with food. So I just, I take that part as yes and amen for me, right? Let's get around a table. That's where Jesus is, right? <laughs> but Thomas didn't doubt. He just said, until I see it, I don't believe it at all. Like, not like, oh, that could be true if he said this, and then, okay, now I'm making two or three connections. No, Thomas said, I I'll have no part of it until I see it for myself. He didn't doubt at all. He just said, I'm gonna, I want to see it myself. Thomas is the one that, that gets called doubting Thomas. But yet, in John chapter 11, Jesus is like, hey, we, we can't go there. To, uh, they're going to kill us. You know, whatever. And Thomas is like, let's just do it. You know, so like, Thomas gets a bad rap for being doubting Thomas. But yet, Thomas, Thomas is the one that's willing to go to his death just a few chapters earlier, you know. And so I think what happens is we become these people. Why, why did Thomas go, I'm not going to believe that till I see it? Because he didn't get to partake with the other disciples at the table. In order for us to see that he is mighty God, we have to be at the table with him. So often the Lord is doing great and mighty things, 
but we're off doing our own thing. And we're like, I, I don't even see what y'all are talking about. They're like, what? he just did it. You looked away. You, you went and chased the rabbit and he just healed the person right here. When we don't see him as mighty God, it's because we're chasing something else. When we don't, when we doubt him, it's because we fail to remember his faithfulness. When we doubt him, we look at our situations instead of him. Why do we struggle with that title of mighty God? He's fully God, but fully man. I mean, 700 years later, there's going to be a man that's born named Jesus, right? And he's going to have all power and all authority over demonic spirits. (laughs) They just flee at his name. The wind and the waves bow at, at his words. You see that, that God is mighty God. Jesus is mighty and he's powerful. The word that they use right here, mighty God, that Isaiah actually uses the word for God, L. Like E-L. He uses that and that was like, ooh, that's, that's God right there. What are you talking about? You know, like you would have L whatever. And so this one here is mighty God is L. Gibor, G-I-B-B-O-R. And it, so it talks about strength. So what Isaiah is saying is, hey, there's going to be a child that's going to be born, a son that's going to be given to you, and he is going to be God Almighty. What do we need right now? We need a mighty God. We live in times that we got to stop trying to do it ourselves, fix it ourselves, figure it out ourselves. We have to bow our knee at the mighty name of Jesus. He is the only one that's mighty. This, this is a good one right here. Eternal Father. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father. That's an interesting one. I, I, I spent some time on that, and I'm like, how can he be the Father? What do you mean Eternal Father? It, it goes back to, if you look at each of these names, Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace, there's always a picture of his divinity and a picture of his humanity. Right? Wonderful it was only used to describe God. That's his divinity, right? Mighty, God, God, E-L-L, divinity. Right here, eternal father, right? Eternal is, is this picture of Jesus' divinity, right? Because in verse 7, right below that, the dominion will be vast. Its prosperity will never end. He will establish his kingdom and sustain it with justice justice and righteousness from now and forever. There's this picture of God is our, that, that this one that is coming, Jesus is our eternal father. For eternal meaning no beginning and no end. That word father is not necessarily what we would say is our father, but it describes the characteristics of, of a father. That the father protects and provides That the father in that is is the producer, the generator, the head. So so when when you look at that that verse, Colossians 1.18, that that Jesus is the head of the body. That's that same idea, that same concept of the word father. That in this moment where where he's writing this eternal father, he's saying that there's going to be one that's coming. He will be your protector. He will be your provider. He will be as your father. So, so for us today, why do we celebrate this season? 
Why do we celebrate Christmas, the birth of Jesus? Because he is our protector and he is our provider. That's crucial things that we need in this season. Where we try to take care of those on our own, where we think we're our provider, where we think we can protect, no. He guards us like we've never even known before. If we could just see the, the, the spiritual realm that's happening all around us, you'd be like, yeah, that dude's really protecting me. You know, like you, you see, you get glimpses of it because there'll be like a, a car wreck or, or something will fall and nearly hit you, but it just barely misses you. And you're like, oh man, what, what do people say? And that guy had angels watching over him, right? It's like, yeah, we all do at all times. We just don't get a glimpse of it, so we lose that picture. But if we really were able to stop and just look at what's happening all around us in this other world that's happening at the same time, we'd be like, man, he is our protector. He is our provider. Last one right here is our Prince of Peace. He will be named Prince of Peace. Now, this doesn't mean world peace. Right? It doesn't mean like everything's going to be happy. Because even Jesus said it, I think it was in Matthew, and he's like, hey, let me, let me just read. I think it's Matthew. Maybe 13. No, here it is. Matthew chapter 10. He's sending out the disciples. Commissioning the 12. <laughs> it says, brother will betray brother to death. Let's talk about the persecutions. You'll be hated. And then uh, in verse 34, for I came to turn. This is verse, oh, don't assume, verse 34, don't assume that I came to bring peace on the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. <laughs> For I came to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. And that one succeeded, it looks like, sometimes. And a man's enemies will be the members of his household. Right? The one who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. The one who loves a son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever doesn't take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. Anyone who finds his life will lose it. And anyone who loses his life... Because of me, we'll find it. Like, he is the prince of peace, but it doesn't mean that everything's great. Because he alone is worthy. It's, it's this prince of peace. What it did is where, because in Isaiah right here, Isaiah chapter 9, they're looking, they're looking for someone to come and save them from the Assyrian army that's going to protect them, that's going to provide for them, that's going to come and defeat them and be their king forever. And in 700 years it comes. They, they, they want war, but Jesus came and he brought peace, but not in the way that we think. He brought peace so that me and God can be at peace with one another. He's the Prince of Peace because, because of his blood, because of his death, burial, and resurrection, I can be at peace with God. Before Christ, there, there's no peace with God. Like, the wages of sin... Are, are death. All who have sinned will fall short of the glory. But because of him, I can have peace with God. Because of him, I don't have to know the wrath of God. Have you ever thought about that? That the wrath of God is poured out, but, but because of 
Jesus' blood, it was poured out on him for me. I'll never know that wrath. I deserve that wrath. I should know that wrath. But he poured it out on Jesus in my place. He brought peace for me and the Father. What do you need right now? More, more than a PlayStation 5, kids. More than a new phone. More than Pioneer Woman stuff. Whatever it is. What do you need more? You need peace with God. That's your greatest need and your greatest desire. Your greatest need is to know that between you and the Father, there's nothing. Not, not only did he bring peace with God through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, but he also brought peace to one another. Like we can live at peace with one another because of Jesus. Like without Jesus, if none of us knew Jesus, I, I annoy you now and I know Jesus. Imagine if I didn't know Jesus, I would really annoy you. You know, y'all be like, man, I can't even be friends with this guy. But imagine if none of us knew Jesus, if all of us were living for ourselves, for our own pleasure, our own purposes, we all did what we thought was right, there would be a lot of fights. I wouldn't like y'all. I would say y'all are selfish. And you would say, you're saying right back at you. You're selfish. You're a jerk. You're mean. You're cruel. Because without him, there's no peace between us. That's why it says make every effort to keep the peace between you, right? I think it's 1 Peter 3.11. It says it in the Amplified. I don't have it in my Bible. Uh, I mean, I have that in my Bible, but I don't have the Amplified Bible. Uh, but 1 Peter 3.11 It goes through there and it says, let him turn away from evil and do what is good. Let him seek peace and pursue it. Right there in the Amplified it, where it says, let him seek peace. It says, peace, let them not just seek peace with, with God, but with others and with themselves. And then pursue it. You see that because of Jesus, we can have peace with God. And because we can have peace with God, we can have peace with others. If there's no peace with God, then I ain't putting up with y'all. Right? And y'all ain't putting up with me. But now that I know that there's peace with me, that I'm loved, that I'm cared for, that I'm valued, then I'm like, man, I love you guys. But, but not only that, I can have peace within me. Before God, before Jesus, I, I didn't know peace in my own heart. I, I was lost. I was seeking my own thing. I, I, was, I was like this. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. My wife knew me before I knew Jesus, and she would attest to that. My dad can obviously attest to that, that I was not right, that I wasn't doing, living right, because I was living for myself, because there was no peace, because I was always struggling to find identity, to find value and purpose. And until I found Jesus where I find my identity, my value, and my purpose, that's when I found the peace in me. Now, did it happen overnight? No. Is, is it fully happened? No. But it's getting there. Day by day, we're getting closer. Right? And, and so for us, there's so much turmoil that's inside of ourselves. Right? People will say it all the time. What? I'm my own worst critic. Why, why do we have to be our own worst critic? Because we still don't think we're worthy of the love that he has for us. So we think that if we criticize ourselves, then no one else will criticize us first. 
right? Because I, at least the turmoil inside of me I can deal with, but I can't deal with turmoil from outside of me. But, but there's so much things that are going on inside of us to where something will happen and, we, and in, internally. We won't say it to anybody else because they'll, they'll think we're weird, but we'll say, I deserve that. You know, why, why do you think you deserve to be in a car crash? Because you sinned? You looked at porn? Like, that doesn't equate a car crash in the kingdom of God. Like, because you, you let, let someone down, you lied. You know, like, we, we think that our sin is now going to unleash the wrath of God on us because we don't have peace in ourselves. I, I've was been able to go to counselor, and, and, you know, as you look at wonderful counselor, uh, I got to sit uh, across from a, a guy earlier this year for several times. His name was Bob, and Bo- what Bob was really good for me because he, was a, he, was allow- he allowed me to see the turmoil that was inside of me that then y'all got to see the ugliness of the stuff outside of me, but he taught me to deal with it inside of here first so that it never spills out into anyone else. And it's like, well, why do you feel that way? You know, and you're like, I don't know, you know, and it's like, oh, okay, well, that's why. Or, or me and my wife, we were doing marriage counseling, and this guy's name was Joel, and Joel's like, well, what happened? When this happens, how do you feel? And I'm like, I feel anxious. He's like, well, why is that a bad thing? I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, well, when you lie and don't tell your wife this, why, why do you do that? I was like, because I don't want her to be upset. He's like, well, why is that a bad thing? I'm like, have you met her? She's in order. You know, like, uh, I'm not going to answer this. I'm joking. <laughs> you know, you're like, I'm like, uh, I, don't, I don't know because it's awkward in the house when me or her are upset. And he's like, well, why is that a bad thing? And I'm like, I don't know, like, because I'm in my own house and I feel like I can't walk anywhere. Like, he's like, and then why is that a bad thing? I'm like, bro, I don't know. Like, you're, and like, the whole time, marriage counseling, Lauren's just sitting there like, mm-hmm, and he's just like <laughs> drilling me. And I'm like, I don't know why. What, what he's trying to get me to see is that what's happening inside of me is way more important than what's happening outside because if we can figure out why it's happening here, then we'll be able to stop it there. And when there's not peace in my heart towards the Father, then I will seek identity somewhere else. I will puff myself up with pride instead of knowing that I'm loved by Him. The the kids are trying to do like a Hopkins Olympics right now, and I'm like... Man, I want to participate in this because I think I could take them all, right? You know, it, it's weightlifting, it's football, it's basketball, it's uh, all sorts of things. And I'm like, dude, I could take them all right now. Why? Because I still want to prove that I got it, even though we all know I don't. <laughs> like, I ain't, I ain't fooling nobody, right? Like, like, I mean, Milo could take me, you know. But, but there's that thought that I want to be seen and known, and so there's that constant dying to myself. What, why do we flash our new purchases around? Because we want people to see that we're worth something. What We made something of ourselves. All those people that said that you wouldn't amount to nothing, well, I'm going to show them. Because we're trying to find peace with others without peace with ourselves and peace with the Father. So as my wife has said, it's time to wrap it up. Can I encourage you today as we, as we look at that wonderful counselor? Can you dig into his word? 
His word is a light into your path and a lamp into your feet. You won't know the way apart from his word. There's no light apart from his word. Can you listen to his whisper, to his voice today? Because his word is beautiful and wonderful. But there's also the voice of the Father, the whisper that says, put that back. Or give this. That's Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by God, and he delights in his way. Mighty God, can I say, it's so cliche, let go and let God. You're not mighty. (laughs) You're not it, man. You can't do it. Let go. Quit striving. Rest in him. Give it to him. Eternal Father, he's the head. You're not in charge. That's tough to hear. I hope you've heard it before just now, but you're not in charge. He's the head. Prince of peace. Peace with God. Peace with others. Peace with ourselves. If there's something in there that the Lord spoke to you today, don't just walk out of here and just dismiss it. Write it down. Spend time with him this week. Allow him to bring those things up, even when they're uncomfortable, even when they're difficult, even when you don't even know what it means. By spending time with him, he will reveal it to you. His goal is to bring it out of you, not to confuse you, not to make you feel worthless, but to stir those things up so that you can be who you were called to be. Father, we just love you. You're so beautiful. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you that for who you are. Thank you for Isaiah, for the words that he was faithful to speak. Thank you for the names that that he gave you, wonderful counselor, mighty God, eternal father, prince of peace. May we just yield ourselves to you. May this season be full of declaring your value and your worth. Father, we say you alone are worthy. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. As you guys are leaving, there's a youth Christmas party this Wednesday night at the Jenkins house. Uh, So that should be pretty fun if you have any questions about that. Uh, Drop them off Wednesday night and pick them up next Tuesday. How long are they staying? A few days or something? It'll be good. Uh, They got a whole thing planned. (laughs) But uh, we got that. And then Christmas Eve is uh, we'll have our.